0: Internet, Shaheer, you wanker, you asshole, I hate you heaps,
1: please die soon in pain. Well, um, sure, bro, uh, I didn't choose the Scux Life, the Scux Life chose me. Yeah, and
0: if you understood any of that, uh, <laughs> welcome to the only podcast about movies. My name is
1: Matthew Kroll. And I'm Shaheer Dowd, representing New Zealand. Yeah, well... <laughs>
0: Sure. Uh, and why would you be representing New Zealand? Why is that important for the film this
1: week? Because the film this week is a New Zealand film. What? What? Have you have you seen many New Zealand films? Say the name. Well, no no before we do that. Have you seen many New Zealand films before?
0: Only the ones you've showed me or pointed out that like uh the third gaffer is from New Zealand <laughs> in every film or no, some other, shit?
1: Like, okay, Peter Jackson before Lord of the Rings. Have you seen any Peter Jackson movies before Lord of the Rings?
0: I saw um the first the one he got big I'm like I'm Bad blanking.
1: Tastes, no.
0: Uh, uh, the Frighteners? I've seen, oh, Frighteners, yes. Okay. Heavenly, uh, the bad taste I've seen, but bad the, the other
1: one. The uh, first one, the big, the horror one. Braindead? No. Uh, ba- Brain Dead is the big horror one. Oh. Um, the Frighteners is the Michael J. Fox one. Yeah, which I, I really like Frighteners. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, great. what movie is it this week? We are doing Hunt for the Wilder People. Yay! Yay! The new film by Taika Waititi. And the reason. I mentioned this in a uh, podcast that we did um, a few months ago, Batman sure. v Superman, because I saw this while I was in New Zealand. And the reason I thought that you might be interested in this film is Taika is going to be directing the new Thor film. Right. Thor, Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok, which is, I I mean, I'll be perfectly honest, is not of interest to me. Um, not I, why I, why why doesn't interest you? Because I thought the Second Thor movie was so boring. The Second I, Thor movie was great and was it was it? the
0: closest that I could get to a new Master of the Universe movie at the time so I was really happy with so it. So your 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 your
1: your level here uh, your standard barrier here is that it's better than the Master of the Universe movie that previously came.
0: Actually no, I'd yeah. say Master of the Universe the the 1980s one with Dolph Lundgren is actually better than Thor 2. So that's but your, I like but, your but your I like the baseline here. Yeah. Your yeah. baseline is that my baseline is I enjoy fun things, and uh, <laughs> that's why I like I those think,
1: movies. Um, Steve Buja left us a review on iTunes this week, and I think I'm gonna pre- I prefer his definition of what you like, which is
0: why like- don't you use Steve's <laughs> review uh, on iTunes I, to I describe to-, to describe to people at home what this podcast is? Because we got off to kind of a rocky start. I think this whole. Or, by the way, for people listening at home to the recording, we are doing a live Facebook thing to my personal. Uh, Facebook page right now to test it out to see if this is something that we might try to do in the future. I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, going, it's, <laughs> it's going, it's it's going.
1: It's happening. Yeah, We're it's happening.
0: This. Chris Price is on. That's cool. I got a lot of friends from home that are on listening to this now. I'm going to stop referencing it, though, because it is about this movie. Read Steve's review of us on iTunes
1: and see see if it captures our essence to tell people exactly how this podcast runs. Well, first off, thank you, Steve, for writing us a review. We appreciate that sincerely. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Steve Buget has a uh, his own podcast called the Oscar Watch Podcast. Yes. Um, which, where they're reviewing uh, all Oscar winners. So One that's a week. Be, uh, a, a big project. But um, Steve writes uh, I had always been looking for a movie podcast and was shocked, shocked that none such existed. So are we, Steve. We, we were we, terribly, terribly shocked. We feel your pain uh, until now. But in all seriousness, the only podcast of movies balances the sublime and the ridiculous as well as any out there. This is can be chalked up to its pair of hosts. Oh, I'm going to blush. Uh, Matt and Shaheer, who represent pretty much two sides of the film coin. Matt is an excitable ball of energy who likes shiny objects. That's how I would describe Instead of uh, Matt likes fun, I would go, you like shiny things. I mean, I just like cool shit. Yeah. Uh, and Shaheer, not a fan of fun, uh, brings a more critical and clinical eye to things, which is not to say that the one is always this or always that. They just have great chemistry together. Plus, you're always guaranteed at least some small tangent on the MCU. I think we fulfilled that already. We already did it. We, already, we already, did. already did it. Lastly, I'm pretty sure Shaheer went to film school. I don't think I've ever said that before. No, you've podcast. never mentioned it. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Can someone please check for me? All in all, great fun podcast. Uh, help you decide what to see in theaters. And Two stars. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have, uh, just before that, we have one more uh, from Ben Draco who wrote, uh, who asked us in about our- uh, American, American Beauty. Asked yeah. Asked us to review American Beauty, which we did. Um, uh, so thanks again for that, Ben. And thanks for leaving us a review. This is one of my favorite podcasts. I look forward to each subscription an episode, I discovered the show by listening to one of the Angry Chicken's patron hangout episodes when Matt called in. I'm so glad! I didn't understand what any of those words in sequence meant, by the way, so (laughs) so we're just going to move on. (laughs) You guys do a phenomenal job, and I thoroughly enjoy the honest reviews and witty banter. Keep up the great work. But that is actually, before we move on to the review... This is the biggest preamble we've ever had. This is the biggest preamble we've ever had. If people want to reach us, first of all, Uh, how can they do it? Okay, if you want to get in touch with us, like Ben did, like Steve does, um, you can reach us at our gmail account, which is OnlyMoviePod podcast at gmail.com on twitter at only movie pod we have a facebook page which occasionally we broadcast live on right now right um well, actually no this is broadcast no this for- is on mine uh, so if you can find me on facebook so you know what i just told you i lied i do that a lot um and yeah we'd love to hear from you we love to uh, if you can please review us on itunes it helps us promote ourselves a little bit more and one of the things we're doing in promotion
0: is it's a pretty big deal so uh for the nerdier side of the listening audience you might be familiar with uh a little tiny uh video game and gaming culture convention called pax uh it's pax prime now they're calling it pax west it was started by the petty arcade guys um and it's easily my favorite convention out of like the the convention year i guess you would say (laughs) like there's comic cons there's a couple others dragon con etc but pax has always been a huge just uh a joy to attend they they really kind of make it the best convention possible due to all the volunteers etc blah, blah blah but the big news from us uh i submitted a panel uh for us to do and it's going to be called getting good that's g u d uh at video game movies and that will be at PAX West this year uh, Friday, September 2nd, 6 PM in the Sphinx theater as it stands right now. And it's going to be me, Shakir, uh, a friend of the show, Red Charzin, who, uh, is, uh, Martin Scorsese's VFX editor and also James Portnow, uh, who was on our civil war podcast, but more importantly does a wonderful series called extra credits. No, there's
1: nothing more important than being on a civil war podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't so, know who this James Portnow guy thinks he is. Hey, he's, <laughs>
0: he's a game designer extraordinaire and a very good man. So the four of us will be, uh, just debating sort of, Video game movies, how they've been, how they could get better. Have we seen a good one yet? We don't know, but we're going to be talking about it and doing a live show there. We're still in the prepping processes and planning. Uh, so even if you can't attend, you will be able to hear us, uh, you know, when once it's done. So, uh, yeah, that's all of the housekeeping. Uh, so, yeah, let's just jump right into, you know, uh, six minutes into the
1: podcast. Now, Hunt for the Wilder People. Hunt for the Wilder People. Um. Before we get into this, my personal, I don't have a personal relationship with this film, but I am from New Zealand. It is a New Zealand film, and I've seen it twice now once in New Zealand uh, at the premiere uh, in Wellington at the Embassy Theater, which was a great experience, and then once last night at the Bam Rose Cinema in in, uh, Brooklyn. That's where I saw it today, actually. Yeah, yeah. And so I was, um, so for for those who don't know, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People is based on a Barry Crump novel. Um, Barry Crump is a very iconic. New Zealand writer, sure, um, and it's about a young boy, Ricky Baker. <laughs> Ricky Baker. Ricky. Ba- if you've seen the movie, that'll make sense. If you don't, uh, you just think I'm probably got to rinse the syndrome of some kind. But um, uh, Ricky Baker is a young child uh, who has been handed over to child youth services um, and is taken in by a new family, uh, Bella and Hector, played by uh, Rui. Ruby- oh, I'm gonna butcher her name here, but uh, Rima Tiwiata and Rachel, uh, and uh, Sam Neill playing uh, Bella mm-hmm. and Hector. God bless uh, Sam Neill. Uh, respectively, they live in an isolated part of New Zealand, close to, and you're going to laugh, the New Zealand bush. Uh, they even make a, I, I forgot that they'd done this uh, in the film, but they may, uh, Ricky at one point goes, you said bush. Yes. Um, but they live close to the New Zealand bush. Uh, a turn of events happened, which, which caused Ricky and Hector to go on the run through the bush, yes, um, and uh, it is directed, uh, as I said before, by Taika Waititi. Uh, also, for people in New Zealand who might have known him as Taika Cohen, but Taika is a uh, is us, you know, next to Peter Jackson, probably the New Zealand filmmaker gotcha. at the moment. Um, uh, I my so I have met Taika once or twice, but I doubt very much that. He uh, knows me or anything like that, so I'm not going to pretend like we have a relationship or anything like that. I mean, I've been to his house, and I've stayed outside his door, you know, waiting expectantly for him to say hello to me, but you he, know, never, he never does. For, for so film, I'm just saying—
0: For a film you've said you don't have a big personal stake, <laughs> and you just gave a ton of information
1: about— I, I think your first statement might be a little inaccurate. No, no, no. I guess what I'm saying— like the my my What I know about Taika— is that I have kind of seen his career sure. from the very beginning. He was an actor in New Zealand, sort of well-recognizable actor um, in a lot of commercials. He was in a, uh, a fairly well-known New Zealand film called Scarfies, okay. um, directed by uh, Rob Sarkis, who's a great New Zealand director as well. Um, and then um, he directed a short film uh, called Two Cars, One Night, which got nominated for an Oscar. Um, he didn't win the Oscar. Um but Oprah Winfrey called his moment at the Oscars her favorite moment of that Oscars where they say they quote, they cut to and Taika Waititi for uh for two cars one night and he pretended to be asleep and and you know and sort of oh, oh nice. Thank you. Great moment. Taika is a genius comedian. Um he's made He was in this film too. He played the the, the priest at the, the, the funeral. Yeah, There's yeah, a funeral yeah, in the exactly. film. Exactly. Uh he has made I want to say four feature films now. Plus a, plus a couple of another short film as well, Tama tu, which is an excellent short film as well about sitting in World War Two, I want to say World War II, or maybe the Vietnam War. Um, and uh, his he his film Boy, which is his second feature film, is the highest grossing New Zealand film of all time up sure. until now, uh, where, where Hunt for the World of People has, ma- has taken over, that is the highest grossing New Zealand film of all time. Um, and he is, as we say, about to step into. The bigger Hollywood spectrum by directing Thor Thor three. Listen,
0: listen, I'm excited for that because, you know, we were you were giving Thor two some shit. And Mm. and I'm not saying it's it's not my it's not easily not the the best Marvel universe movie, of course, but like (laughs) I still enjoy it based on a lot of things. This isn't the place to sort of defend it. (laughs) What I will say though is if any of the Marvel films need a sort of a, a kick to get me sort of back into like i really love this character by themselves quote yeah. uh, it is the thor franchise because um thor 2 i liked but i can totally see why people didn't right. so i <laughs> i um I, I think his sensibilities coming into the mcu uh i think will really help help the franchise and give it, maybe give it a little bit more of a voice. Like I really, and again, I might be alone on this too, or I know I'm not alone, but maybe the the minority. I really like Shane Black's take on Iron Man. I thought right. it, it felt mm-hmm. different enough and it was just sort of nice. So this is something that I've been very excited about for a while. And I've, I've really liked, um, I, how do you, how do you pronounce his first name? I'm, I'm Tyka Tyka. Yeah. I really liked Tyka ever since, uh, I think the first thing I saw was what we do in the shadows.
1: Yeah. And, and I think, I think the reason why people are, um, calling upon him for, a bigger film like this yeah. is that uh, he can do comedy. Obviously he's very funny and his films are very funny, but what we do in the shadows is surprisingly action packed. And there are a yeah. of sit pieces in what we do in the shadows that are incredibly impressive. If you haven't seen that, is that on Netflix at this point? I don't think it's on Netflix, but it's probably on VOD. So it's on, you can get access. It should. And so funny. It's so funny. And it's weird that, I, that, that Americans find it funny because it's sit in my hometown of Wellington. And there are so many jokes that are specific to growing up in Wellington. But also,
0: there's so many jokes like werewolves not swearwolves, which yeah. are just transcendent yeah. from anyone who speaks a remote English language. <laughs> so you're not that special, Shaheer.
1: Uh, it, but it, you know, I, I guess um, growing up not American, it's kind of great to see Americans take a part of the culture I grew up in and 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 see it as exciting and fun and universal. Hey, listen! Cool.
0: If there's one thing us Americans are good at, it's, it's appropriating other involved. people's cultures, as we'll talk about in our next week's review. Well, we'll get to that in a week. Um, um but this movie. So I really loved basically almost everyone in it. Sam Neal. I'll see anything Sam Neal is in.
1: Uh, I even Andrew Zalowski's position. Yeah. Have you seen that? No, but I would. Um, <laughs> you should watch that movie before you say what I I just mean.
0: really like Sam Neill. And he's I great. And, and you know
1: what it might be I love that movie. I
0: do me. think I do think um initially my love for Sam Neill came from sort of a childhood attachment to Jurassic Park. Of course. But I think he's earned beyond that from me. Like yeah. I think that's the reason I'll always get my
1: butt in the seat, but his skill is what will sort of keep me there. You know what's funny is I I think Sam Neill and in Jurassic Park is a good reference point is I think he is like the realistic version of Indiana Jones. He's sure. like the more real version of Harrison Ford. You yeah, know, like like that's who his yeah. persona is, and I think that's who we see in, in movies today.
0: He was great in this film. The
1: kid who played Ricky, uh, Julian, Dennison. Julian Dennison was a New- newcomer. I'm told he actually came from my high school. Uh, I was I was I. Was, <laughs> but again, no, no personal, personal relationship reference. with this film at no, all. I was, I was at my None. high school recently, and they were like, "Oh, Julian Dennison comes from this school," and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." So he doesn't have any <laughs> stake. <laughs> in
0: this horse race, no. that is a movie.
1: <laughs> um, but he's great. Um, I, God, I, I think. So, I mean, yeah, well, general impressions about the movie. I, I'm, I'm curious because, again, I saw it in the context of being a New Zealander. Sure. In New Zealand, it was, it was, we, look, as a New Zealand audience watching this movie just ate it up. And there was, you know, like almost every moment we ate up. Right. Um, when I watched it in Brooklyn last night. Ah, uh, there were moments that I were clearly hilarious to New Zealanders that were that just completely went over um oh, uh, interesting, yeah. yeah, yeah, completely went over the Brooklyn audience. so I was curious as to the New Zealand versus the American reaction.
0: well, uh, one thing I'll say about that is there was only one or two jokes that didn't sort of land for me, and I was like, huh, like yeah. I got most of it. I got like eighty to ninety percent of it, I feel like, yeah, but I also will appreciate a film that does that either from a cultural standpoint or just from a knowledge standpoint of like if whatever their sort of joke if it's a joke in particular like because yeah. it's not like a plot point is missed it's it's yeah. a particular laugh and I really like that because that gives me a chance to go back and watch it again and hopefully the more times I see it I'll, I'll have a chance of actually getting the joke that time it's almost similar to like when and this movie didn't do this but um, when, a, when a comedy has when it's not timed right and like there's a great huge laugh and you all you you laugh through it hilariously the first time, and then you miss sort of a sub joke after yeah, the fact. Yeah. And then like the next time you watch it, you see it. I, I love that because anytime you can make a film more fun the second time to watch it, you're
1: doing a fucking good job. Um, there's a really great example of that. And this, I, this isn't a spoiler, but uh, later on in the film, there's a moment where uh, Ricky and Hector are hiding away from the the SAS, the, the special dime services, in right. Zealand, and they're kind of like creeping above them. Um, and immediately everyone in New Zealand who was watching that shot knew what the joke was. The joke was, was this looks like that scene in Lord of the Rings when the Reapers are traveling. Are, are yeah, 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 but, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and the funny thing was, in New Zealand, as soon as they lay down and the things happened, everyone in New Zealand started laughing. But I laughed at that too. In, in my audience last night, like Ricky even mouths the word "This looks like Lord of the Rings," and nobody. And so, oh, I got and, that and like, and he Did the ring, and nobody's laughing. But I think that only, could be nerd cred, though. That's that's. I mean, or New Zealand cred. I mean, because I know I just, that's a big. I just think it's such an iconic <laughs> New Zealand. Not 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 New Zealand, but an iconic moment in a New Zealand film sure. that everyone in New Zealand just like instantly got it.
0: I think it's. I think it was. I, I loved it.
1: Yeah, um, there's a there's a huge. Reference later on that I think we'll get into and spoil it, but but it's like I I can pretty much guarantee it universally went over the head of any American okay, because okay. there's no way you would know this unless you lived in New challenge Zealand. accepted. There's no way you'd know this unless you lived in New Zealand in the 1980s okay. or 1990s. Okay, yeah.
0: well. Someone's being, uh, no, nah, I elitist, that's not the right word. Uh, <laughs>
1: something uninclusive, I- isolationist, uh, Sh- uh, parochial,
0: sure. uh, ooh. Um, yeah. uh, words. Yeah. Um, no, I liked this movie. I will say that straight up. Any problem that I sort of, uh, have with it which we can get into later on is completely just the the joy that this movie brought uh completely for me outweighs any of the points that uh i didn't like a little bit right um and i do i think this is this is one of those movies that comes along and it's not like you know doesn't have a huge marketing budget it's not everywhere it's kind of hard to see even in new york yeah um it's just like it's it It hit all the bases I want more movies to hit. Right. Like, especially and you know, we, you and I go back and forth on big budget and, you know, all that jazz, but like with some things that are coming out soon, like Ghostbusters or Suicide Squad or stuff like stuff that people are slightly worried about, we'll say a range of worry, whether it's, you know, founded or not. Yeah. Like, I think all those films and those filmmakers, the reason why people get worried but about sort of big budget things, especially like, oh, you heard reshoots. Oh, you heard this or that. And the other thing other than well, when people are saying and not just making gross assumptions of something they haven't seen. Right. But uh, it's because we haven't seen a lot of movies in mainstream culture that hit comedy, emotion, just sort of drama, like, and it make you care about characters in small situations. Yeah. I, it, it, they're just few and far between in the mainstream culture. And I think the second you can take a big tentpole thing, and like sort of latch more human elements onto it, I think that makes it better and, and overall something that'll be more timeless. And, I, and I, I hate to go back to it, but like I think that's one of the reasons why Avengers did so well. Right. Yes, it's a spectacle and you see everything, right. but you see these gods, these crazy creatures and, and characters we've known forever in real human moments. My favorite moments in Ultron was with oh. the hammer, like in, oh, at, at the party. In ha- no, okay. Like,
1: I mean, my favorite was, uh, and they're always around hulk i guess but it's like puny human right you know, or puny god puny god right yeah, yeah, yeah so but but like so i
0: just think a lot of big buttons not enough are taking notes from smaller films like this that make you really revel in almost every character
1: yeah and i think the reason being is that and this has been my complaint uh of the marvel movies is that they're not trying to make one single cohesive film they're tending to try and 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 work within a franchise, and I and and I and sometimes I think that's great, and I think the idea of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is great. I just find that more often than not, I'm not enjoying each individual film, and and so I I hope um, that um, Taika can bring um, a little bit more of a cohesive feel to the Thor universe, which I I I have to be perfectly honest, I. I Thor 2 was a film that I was so bored out of my skull during. I like um, it. So I, you know, like I, 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 I do think but the villain I really was
0: wasted. What's his name? The actor. I don't remember. Ronan played by. Um, no, not That's 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 guardians. Uh,
1: yeah, I know the actor. I he was a my dark head. elf. Yeah. I he can, played
0: Destro in the he, I'm saying like the worst roles he's had, but uh, it doesn't matter.
1: Uh, I, very anyway. good actor, but his name I cannot yeah. remember at yep. this moment. Um.
0: No, no, and I think I think it's good that we're getting some new blood for this particular one as well because I have a feeling it's going to be a dark ending. I have a feeling that Thor 3 is going to uh, kind of mess up the universe. It's going to be the first one to actually start some shit to happen. Let's not talk about
1: Thor because, frankly, I don't care. Um,
0: Boo! I was, here Chris I was trying to give you time
1: to talk shit about the MCU, and I was going to move on, but, yeah, you're just being a dick no, about it. because we're here to talk about Hunt for the Wilder People, fine. and I think the more we talk about... The Marvel Cinematic Universe. Touche. Touche. Bring less, it back. Bring yeah. it back
0: home. What? I mean, I think I already know what you think. I, I mean, mean the look, general. I, us get the spoilers I, once you're done.
1: Yeah. No, I, I had such a great time in this movie, and the film, and the film is joyously fun. Right. It, it is. It is uh, a joy from start to finish. Um, uh, Julian Dennison, um, who play, uh, plays Ricky Baker, is just—he uh, has charisma that is palpable on screen and what's funny is that <laughs> is that i mean he's he's a big fat kid and they make fun of joke you know and, and but he and, and the film makes fun of him from the get-go of being, being a fat the, little kid yeah but but there's never a kind of a mean spiritedness spiritedness to that there's kind of like a uh a sort of and, and it, it might be a new zealand thing but it's a you know like if you're you know, the first thing that happened when I moved to New Zealand, I was born in Fiji, by the way. So I moved to New Zealand when I was 10 years old and I lived in a community where I was um, uh, pretty much in an all Indian community okay. uh, in Fiji. And when I moved to New Zealand, the first thing that happened is a guy uh, who, turned out, who became one of my really good friends turned around to me and said, why don't they let Indians take corner kicks in a, in a soccer game? And I said, why? He says, because they'll set up a dairy, which is the equivalent of a deli in New York. And that was like... That, that was my introduction to New Zealand culture which was that like now you could now from the outside in that sounds like he's making a racist joke right sure but on the inside in the inside what he's trying to do is just break the ice of by, course. by of course. pointing out like the 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 thing about me that's different you know what
0: I love the best about that story and it's, it's a,
1: my terrible delivery of it's that a, joke it's
0: a side point is that the whole Semi-racist joke, not really break the ice thing, was based around soccer, which is again another another level, level that most Americans won't really like. Catch on to. <laughs> of course not. Uh, as, well, except for now. Bandwagon stuff's going on big time in soccer right
1: now. Uh, you know, the biggest sport in the world, except for America. Yeah. Um, Football. Um so so I think there's there even even when you know, this is a film where uh, a grown man will call the little kid a wanker. Right. Or, or a bastard or yeah, want yeah. him to die. And, <laughs> and there's not a mean spiritedness about it. It's kind of, it's done well, tongue in cheek and kind of fun.
0: Some of the stuff in the beginning. Well, let's get into spoilers. We, we'll kind of, we'll
1: go into sort I mean, of the there, relationships. There, oh, well, before we do that, there's a couple of things that I, I think could be done better. Um, I guess my. my you know, I feel though that I by saying these things, I, I it will Do you sound until we hit
0: in the in the
1: moment. Sure, sure, sure. But the, I guess what I'm saying is that like there will be things that I will point out as negatives, but they're not really negative. They're just like little things that I was like, ah, eh, maybe this could have been done better. Maybe this could be done that. I know, sure. uh, having worked in the New Zealand film industry, how difficult it is to make a film in New Zealand. And even someone like Taika, who's been nominated for an Oscar, who's making his fourth feature film in New Zealand, right? Um, I wouldn't say struggle to make this film, but it was, you know, it, there's not the luxury that you get on a big 10 pole film like Thor, I guess, even those films are, are, are stress balls. I'm I'm sure. Um, so, yeah. So, so anything that I will point out is done with respect because it is such a great film. And I, and I, I genuinely think it's if, if, if Americans could go see this film, I think they will, they will have a great time. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. And it reminds me of, um, uh, you know, one of my favorite filmmakers, Wes Anderson, Rushmore. Um, it's not quite as stylized as Rushmore or, or Wes Anderson's early films mm-hmm. like Bottle Rocket or Rushmore, um, but it it has a it has a same love for character. Yes, um, that I think uh, the, you know Taika shares in, in common with um, w- uh, with Wes Anderson. And character is king for me. So
0: as long as a film has characters that I like, or at least feel something toward, right, uh, it's got huge points right up the bat. Even if you detest them, that's well. Good. I mean, <laughs> well, no, but like if you're supposed to, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, okay, so we're getting into spoiler territory
1: now. We're just going to kind of break it down from there. Unless if, wait, Shahir's got one more thing. No, no I was going to say if you haven't seen the film at this point, stop the podcast, go and watch the movie, and then come back. That's if right. You're watching us on Facebook Live. You're screwed. Yeah, you're screwed. <laughs> you're screwed. You're locked in
0: now, and it's game over. Nothing I can do. Um. But, okay. So the film starts like we said with Ricky being delivered to this family, um, by child services, uh, and the actress who plays the uh, um, the child services uh, uh, lady, Yeah,
1: Rachel House, she was great. Oh, she's uh, fantastic. Super fun. Super. Yeah. She's a, she's a stalwart of New Zealand television. Gotcha. Uh, her and the cop Oscar Kightley, uh are a well-known television person Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. Good.
0: Um. And, you know, the beginning is, you know, rough, uh, if to say the least, uh, Ricky kind of runs away. He actually, there's a great moment in the beginning when they're first being introduced, like they pulled up in a cop car and dropped him off. And while the cops are talking to the family, mostly the mother, um, Ricky walks around the farm and then just gets right back in the cop car, like as if he didn't have to stay. And I really enjoyed that. Um, that sort of set the tone of what this kid's going to be like. And I even really appreciated like later on when he's, you know, starting to, um, Run away, but then, like, the, the, the relationship that develops between Ricky and uh, what's the mother's character's name? I'm, I'm Bella. Bella, um, is really beautiful and sweet and uh, not at all forced. I've definitely seen situations where there's like a foster child in a movie that feels like forced, like, the, the relationship
1: just doesn't feel real to me. There's something I, I, I found it genuinely lovely, like, yeah. there's something just genuinely pleasant about that relationship, um, and it felt like it was kind of like Ricky was just being treated as an equal for the first time,
0: right? Because in the beginning of the film, it talks about even the child services cop was like, you know, he's done this, that, and the other thing. Like they list the bad things in a funny way, and you see examples of him spitting, like spitting, burning uh, stuff, burning stuff, <laughs> <Yeah>. breaking <laughs> stuff, stuff, stealing stuff,
1: sitting stuff on fire, yeah,
0: uh, and uh, and graffiti, and then it's just <laughs> a dick on a wall. Um, but uh, so he's like a trouble kid. Yeah. Uh, and now he's being treated as an equal by this very lovely woman. Now, Sam Neal's character, the husband uh, doesn't give a fuck. In fact, he seems like he's only cool with it because the wife wants it and they it seems like they can't have kids. So it's like, well, yeah. um, you know, he'll go along with it. But uh, she requests that uh, he uh, that Ricky calls them auntie and uncle. Yeah. And
1: Sam Neal's like, don't call me uncle. Like, yeah. this is no. Uh, he's just playing like a gruff who is like not really interested but in But
0: she it. does a bunch of really nice stuff for him. She teaches him how to, like, work on the farm
1: and hunt and, and use you, a gun and, you know, skin an animal and all w- that stuff. When she said the hot toddy, did you know what that means? A look? hot toddy is a, um, uh, well, it's a the beverage, isn't it? No, it was the, you know, the, did you see the red, uh...
0: You, I was gonna ask you, what the fuck is that bag? I know what that so, is? Side note, here we go. So, <laughs> yeah. there's this thing, he's like, That's yeah, yeah, yeah. So great. She's like, I can get you a hot toddy if you want or whatever, and then he's no, no, like... It's in your it's in your bed. It's in your bed. And I didn't quite understand that, because... So, but it's, just so I can describe it to people, it just looks almost like a a, a colostomy bag, but thicker and red, and I don't know what it is. Uh, and I figured it was a New Zealand thing.
1: The people who are listening in from New Zealand, you will. I, I it's it's just this, so New Zealand winters get very very cold. And, okay, and our houses are insulated now. But I, this this happened to me as well when I first came to New Zealand from Fiji. You know, like I came from a a, a Pacific island. To New Zealand winter, and it was freezing. And so, one of the things that you have in New Zealand is two things, uh, depending on where you live. Uh, you can either have an electric blanket. Do you guys sure. have those? Ye- yes, yeah. yes. Okay. You I've an had blanket. an electric blanket. Okay, yeah. So, you have an electric blanket. Of course, there are some problems with fires and that sort of thing with electric blankets. And then the other is a hot toddy, which is basically an insulated bag that you fill with hot water. Sure. And you can just sleep with it. And it's kind of, it war- or you le- leave it in the bed before you get into bed, and it keeps the bed warm. Um, so that when you get into bed, it's a nice, it's warm, heated bed. No, I, I and it's figured like, it was a, that. It's a thing that mothers do for their kids. Okay. To like, not, you know, not just because you want to keep it warm, but because you love them. Sure. You know, like, it's like, you know, it's like you're giving them a hug before bed. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. So the fact that she does that. And then does it all the time is kind of, it's, 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 I don't know if it's a specific New Zealand thing. I think Australia has hot toddies as I'm well. I'm sure.
0: Yeah. And maybe I'm just out of the loop on this, but I had never experienced that before. I, <laughs> I guess it's because I've
1: never experienced love, Shahir. No, you haven't. Yeah, Not, not, and not from a parental, understandably no, my parents so. are awful. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, but. Uh, you know, and I think the back to the equals thing, they like, she lets him run away and he comes back and he's like, whatever. And he's trying to get like along with the family and they're kind of having some mini breakthroughs and it's going really well. And then the first major sort of twist of the film, uh, hits and, uh, after, oh, oh, they also get him a present, a dog, uh, Tupac, Tupac. He names his dog (laughs) Tupac. Yeah. Uh, and Sam Neill has a dog too. Uh, Rez. Zag.
1: Zag. Um, you should get another dog and call him Zig.
0: Yeah. Zig. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah uh he comes back from one of his adventures or running aways or something and uh turns out that uh Bella has died spoiler alert spoiler alert um now side note movie making and 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 advertising side note this trailer did what more trailers should do i uh, did you watch the trailer before you saw it no you cuz you don't do that no i don't think i did okay so the trailer it, it, the, the whole premise of this movie is Sam Neill and, and Ricky are in the woods and they're running from the law. And you don't really need to quite know why, but they don't like a lot of tr- movies. I feel like would like set this whole thing up to get you to understand what's happening in the trailer. Like they'd show the death yeah. in a trip, like yeah, yeah, they yeah.
1: fucking ruin it because well, they, they want to give you away the first act.
0: Right. And this it- didn't do it. I still knew exactly what I was getting. The advertising was corrected on point, And I did not realize that she was going to die. They they, they kind of show Sam Neill get hurt in the forest, and that's why you think they have to stay there. Yeah. Um. And so when she when she passed away suddenly, I was very shocked and sad because
1: a I didn't know it was coming, and b she was just a sweet character. Isn't that amazing? When you don't know something's coming, how much more powerful? It of can course, be? and I mean, that's why why I don't watch trailers anymore. <laughs> listen, I
0: I love trailers, but I just think people just need to be a little more careful and not as stupid, and don't pull a fucking Terminator two. And reveal your fucking one third plot like, twist.
1: There's a there's a trailer online for a movie coming out called American Honey, which is a movie I really do want to see. Uh, but I I stopped like within thirty seconds of it because it started giving away plot points of the movie, and I was like, w- I, it would be so powerful to have those moments happen in the movie without me realizing they were coming. Sure. Uh, even and I think it's it, you have to be really careful. It's like even giving away shots where a big moment happens because what happens is. Uh, You know, like when I know when I've seen in a trailer a shot where something is about to happen, like, it kind of ruins that scene yeah. for me.
0: And if you do it, you have to do it aptly. Like, even Lobster. I, I saw the trailer for Lobster before yeah. this movie again. And yeah. something I noticed was, again, spoilers for Lobster. If you haven't seen Lost, Lobster, just jump ahead a minute. Uh, but the the fact that she uh, becomes blinded, right? There's mm-hmm. shots of them walking, and he's oh. leading her oh, in Lobster. Oh, they have that in the trailer? But, like, it just looks like she has sunglasses on. But anyone who really—and they're quick shots. Like, that's the most I feel like you could do that. Because if you weren't looking for it, you probably wouldn't get it. But but if I was watching that trailer, like figure things out, I'd be like, oh, something bad happens to her eyes. So, like, again, I just think this this trailer was apt and got it did exactly what a trailer should do while not falling into the pitfalls of most trailers these days. Right. I, I,
1: I still at this point have not seen. the. It's trailer. good. It's yeah.
0: fun. It's fun. Uh, it got me excited to see the movie because, uh, you know, because I,
1: I told you about it and you were like, mm-hmm.
0: right, because I never know what to think <laughs> when you suggest something. It could be wonderful. Although, to, no, to be honest. Most every film I think that you've suggested to me I've enjoyed for the most part. I'm trying to think of one that I
1: really had a strong like ugh. I think I think everything I've given you has at least been ad, like I have never given you anything that's like outright bad. Like it's it's even if you don't like it, I think you you see why I might have chosen it. Sure. Better, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, I'll
0: know. give I'll give you that. Yeah. See, we agreed. <laughs> um so so anyway, back to the sort of the plot of of this film. So protective services is going to come back now because the mother's dead. She's the one that was sort of heading up the whole thing. And Change uh, of circumstance. yeah. Uh, and then Sam Neill's like, yep, you're going to go back. Sorry. And so he runs away. Ricky runs away before child services can come. He, he takes the hot toddy into the woods and puts it over the fire and melts <laughs> it, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Um, And he doesn't know how to survive. He's out there with Tupac. Yeah. And finally Sam Neill comes and finds him. And uh, he's gonna bring him back, you know, whatever. But uh, they get into an altercation, the screaming match, and he like lunges at him, and uh, Sam Neil twists or fractures his ankle. Mm-hmm. And now, so important note about Sam Neil: he's a he's a bushman. He he's sort of a person that's lived off the grid, uh, on and off in his life. And his wife was sort of the farmer, so he moved in with her, and that's sort of why he knows how
1: to survive in the New Zealand bush. Um, it's, it's it's also there's a particular culture of, and I think Barry Crump speaks to this as well of people who. Prefer to be in the bush, right? Um, because it's not just it's not just um, survivalist or anything like that. It's just like this is a life I can understand, and you know, like it's it's simpler. Um, the New Zealand bushland is can be very very harsh, and it's very you know, there's a lot of cases of tourists coming to New Zealand and dying out, in, you know, in the bush. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be very. Is that very- because of animals not being prepared? Uh- I think not being prepared, like New Zealand, but like you know, the one thing I because. One thing I love about the New Zealand bush, boy, I love saying that in an American podcast as much as I possibly can, um, is that... um, That sweet, sweet New Zealand bush. (laughs) (laughs) When when we were growing up in uh, what we called a primary school, which I think is your equivalent of grade school here, we lived... uh, Our primary school was right off the back of one of the New Zealand's national parks, um, Belmont Regional Park. So we would actually... How big was that
0: park? It's... I mean, it would be. What did they use for a unit of measure in this? It was like. They- the
1: metric system. No,
0: I know. I, yeah. <laughs> Yay. No, I meant fucking. They, they called like how many whatevers of land was back there. They. they, they- Hectors. Hectors. Yeah. 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 So, I didn't know what the uh, fuck that was. I, I, I don't know how big Belmont. Is regional that like park. an acre, but like the metric systems version of an acre. I guess
1: so. I graduated I mean, college and I apparently didn't. Uh, well, no, you went to film school. <laughs> I went to film school. Yeah. We didn't study measure <laughs> units of measurement there. <laughs> uh, except for like feet to. Right. Yeah. yeah of feet course. Film. So uh, the Belmont regional park is enormous. Uh, it would be the size of Brooklyn, maybe. Um, and uh, the, the thing is we would spend our lunch times back there. And in fact, we would have camping trips out there all the time. And right. it's like, it's, unlike Australia, there aren't every aren't animals trying to kill you at every second? well, that was my
0: question. So in this movie, they do run into some wildlife. But, like I was like, man, this should
1: have been more deadly as far as nature animals no, are mean, concerned. Is, I it, correct me if I'm wrong, New Zealand, but there are not many poisonous insects or creatures wow. in New Zealand that will kill you. They're not, I mean, wild boars are something i I don't think a wild boar the size of the one that's in this movie. Is very often seen. Sure, um, but then most New Zealanders who go that deep into the bush—there's that word again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's me who's calling it out more than anything. I, I, I realize <laughs> that.
0: I'm glad you said it, so I didn't have to.
1: Um, are the I uh, um, usually prepared for that? I guess the, the the main issues in New Zealand are exposure. So, like being exposed the elements. Yeah, being exposed to the elements, and it's something that. I think uh, Sam Niels even talks about in the film, which is that uh, I mean, Hector talks about, is the main reason people die in New Zealand is they get slightly delirious and start stripping off all their clothes because they get too... They think it slows them down. Yeah, they think it slows them down. People that
0: die in the bush are found naked.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... You know, like it's, it's kind of, it's something that's integral to New Zealand culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously New Zealand has metropolitan cities like Auckland, Wellington, uh, Christ, yeah, you know, so, but, but I think it's something kind of ingrained in our bones at, you know, in our DNA at some point. Now, and I say that as a person who immigrated to New Zealand as a little kid, uh, but I still feel uh, like when I go home, uh, I, and, and like, I take a stroll through Belmont Regional Park, to okay. one of the walks there, I do feel kind of like. Ah, I'm home. It's the same way, and
0: and I, I, I there's a not to from a like national level, I yeah. think, but New Hampshire where I am yeah. from is sort of very similar when it comes to the woods and and parks. I think and you things. said
1: that when we watched The Witch as well. right?
0: Yeah, because like I grew up in the woods. Like, and I'm not saying my, not <laughs> saying my, I, I you abandoned as a baby. I was, in a basket. I was
1: raised by you're wolves. A, Your a baby um, in a basket, a but, bastard um, in a basket. What movie? Uh, uh, Warcraft had a uh, baby in a basket. There, there blood. <laughs> Nick Parker, if he's listening in, he would, he walks around saying that all the time.
0: Um, from the Warcraft podcast. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, the, but like, it's just like when I'm back in, cause I used to just hang out in the woods with friends, like mile, about two miles out from like civilization before it like got a lot. And my neighborhoods become more rural or more, um, more, um, developed, I guess. Okay. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Very uh,
1: rarely do they get more. Rural. I know we
0: just, we just got up and left. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just like a calming feeling like when I go back to like the sort of places where we used to congregate as kids like it's just nice like so there's there's something to that I think from wherever you're from if you're not from a major city but I guess city people would have the same thing feeling that same level of comfort it's, it's like, like if you're from New York
1: like I said yeah I, I have that now now that I live in New York and I also have that when when I watch what we do in the shadows which was like it's all set in the city that I grew up in yeah uh, and there's kind of a comfort level to like going I love back how then.
0: yours are like things that are like in your town like oh yeah like I, these movies, I've seen it, whatever, mine, the, one, the only movie we've done that's from New Hampshire is The Witch. And I'm like, yeah, I can relate
1: to this. <laughs> There's something about your childhood that, A, I don't want to know, and B, you shouldn't tell me. I live deliciously, Shahir. Ooh, good, um, good deep cut. So,
0: <laughs> so uh, Sam Neill fractures his leg, and he's like, well, we got to stay here for a couple weeks. Yeah. Which... Is hilarious, but not really because yeah, he can't walk out of there and Ricky's not carrying him. Yeah. So he's stuck. And it's it's at first you're like, Well,
1: that's crazy. Yeah. You had to stay there for weeks. But he's like, No, I'm just gonna wait till my ankle heals. That and, and the thing and the funny thing is is that a couple of weeks could have been a movie unto itself. Sure. You know, like just them kind of like living life. And it and it reminds me of the film we did two weeks ago, Swiss Army Man, yep. where you know, like he starts that was building, a week ago. No, it was two weeks ago. We did American Beauty last week. Oh, well, yeah, you're right. American Beauty was a bonus episode. We do that now. Yeah, in the middle uh, of the week. Um, Normally, we do Wednesday or Thursdays, by the way. So, uh, you know, in Swiss Army Man, um, you know, the, the 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 main character lived out in this cave for a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he saw this life being built up. And there was a, there was a strange shot in the middle. You know, the the two weeks out in the uh, you know while Sam Neill is is uh, healing his uh, yep. his ankle kind of just goes by as a quick montage. Yeah. Um, But at the end of it, there's there's like as they're leaving, you see a bike like that's been made out of like like twigs and stuff, <laughs> twigs and a couple of like round wheels. And I was like, when did that get there? Like when when well, did they had Ricky. To make- Ricky
0: was making things, and maybe that was an edit decision, like not showing sort of that because mm-hmm. at one point Ricky has leaves and twigs around his head,
1: and he's, he's like, making, Hey, you want to listen to my Walkman? And yeah. he's like, and he's no. singing a Dave Dobbin song, which is great. I don't know who that is. Dave Dobbin's an iconic New Zealand singer-songwriter. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um. So, but but meanwhile. Yeah. While
0: well, this is going on, and he's healing in the woods, and they're just living out in in bush life hashtag bush life. Um, <laughs> the the rest of the world basically starts to think that Sam Neal, because you find out a little bit later, was at, he was actually in prison. Yeah. Uh, for a little bit for manslaughter for manslaughter. Uh, they think that he stole. He went crazy after his wife died and stole Ricky, Ricky. Yeah. and just went into the wilderness. Yeah. So everyone is thinking like, oh no, this psycho has this kid. To the point where even like when they're on their way back, they stop at um uh I don't know what those are called in New Zealand, but like a, a hiker house, uh, a, hut. a hut. It's called just called a hut.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because I used to live in a town called Lower Hut. Yep, and and there's another town, a corresponding city called Upper Hut. Shout out to Appa Hut.
0: There's also one <laughs> near me called Pizza Hut.
1: <laughs> Zing! I watched Baseballs the other week with Jeb no, with uh what was the Pizza other, the Hut. Yeah, Pizza the Hut. You were and gonna I, say Job the Hut. Yeah, no, nah, that's not in there. And I screwed that up. Yeah.
0: See, I'm glad you did that because my joke was bad, but then your fucking up of a worse joke kind
1: of made mine okay. But see, there's an endearing quality to me fucking up. That's kind of my shtick, is that I do things badly, but it's endearing. Write to us at Only Movie Podcast yeah. at Gmail. Tell Podcast. us how endearing Shaheer is. Yeah, how endearing <laughs> Shaheering is. Uh, um, but I always used to get confused when they say we're going to the hut, uh, which usually means going to lower hut or upper hut. And I, I've stayed. There's a hut. Um, there's a there's a big bike ride called the Big Coast, which we did when I was younger, and we would stay at this thing called Bernie's Hut, uh, a place called Bernie's Hut. <laughs> Wait, did you spend a weekend there? I did. You, and, and you he, had a weekend at Bernie's. I think I'm pretty sure it was Bernie's out and you're gonna love this. Oh, is was there a body? Bernie is buried outside where you can't where you camp. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so huts huts are uh, common. Like when you're going yeah. uh, far into the bush, they 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 put they they're either set up by um, uh, the state or. Yeah, and I or forget not the, 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 the yeah. organization. Uh, was gonna not was going say Niwa, but um, in Zid's my thing. question
0: was who was stockpiling because so they they'd go to these huts throughout the movie and like. Sort it's of kind of like a
1: stuff. communal system. That's what I figured. Yeah, like where, a lot like
0: Steve Buja could probably even say because he's hiked the Appalachian Trail and the Pacific Northwest yeah. Trail. I think they have certain pieces like that around.
1: Like, yeah, yeah, and and then like you know campers will come in and they'll restock it themselves, or there'll be a ranger who'll come in and stock it up as well. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a communal place. It's great. Usually you have to book them. Um, so there is a system, for sure, them, but but maybe like really far into the bush, there are old ones, that right? Nobody even knows. Well, about.
0: so the one that they kind of stumbled into, uh, there were people there, or they came back as they were there, but there had been posters put up of like these two people are wanted. Yeah. And these three hunters who are recurring characters throughout the film uh, come back and they think they're going to rescue Ricky. yeah. Uh, but they're right. kind of bumbly and stupid. But Ricky, the way he describes like the, what's been happening, he basically double entendres all over it and makes Sam Neill's character seem like he's a molester and a pervert. A Yeah, a molester. <laughs> and uh, then he, they try to take him away. He doesn't want to. He rescues... Uh, they, basically, Sam Neill starts to fight them, starts losing. And this is when shit gets real yo yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, uh ricky pulls the gun on the guys and I actually they actually did their
1: It was shit just got real
0: yeah, shit just got real, which is a reoccurring joke as they bond throughout the movie. <laughs> Sam Neill says it the
1: second time they run into the people. It's very cute. So they, um, the three, and the three um, hikers are played by like Cohen Holloway, who plays one of them, is a friend of a friend. He's he's been in a couple of uh, Taika's films and he's fantastic. Again,
0: no personal mm. stake in this movie. Shahir
1: Dowd. Yeah, he's. I just, that was a I, quote. That was Co- a quote from before. Cohen Holloway is just a fantastic actor. I hope he. What he up, was Cohen? In, uh, he's also in the uh, the Jane Campion uh, TV show uh Wait, which of the three was he uh he was the main guy with the mustache oh nice um he's also in Jane Campion's show uh, the oh, this, is riveting. Riveting this is riveting 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 television top of the lake um and uh, he's terrific um also Stan Walker is one of the other ones who's a uh, who I don't know but I I my impression is he's a he might've won some New Zealand idol competition or something like that. So he's a New Zealand musician. Wait, is there someone in this movie you don't personally have a relationship with? No, I don't know these people, uh, <laughs> apart from, apart from <laughs> Cohen Holloway, who I think is just terrific. Um, and I hope he gets a big role in Thor or something like that. And eventually nice. becomes a big star at some point. Um, yeah, no. So the, those, and I love those three bumbling characters cause they're reoccurring characters and they're always <laughs> stealing the bolts from their rifles when they run into them. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, the, the the child, youth, and family services woman, Paula, yeah. comes back to, you know, like this, oh, no, this is what, this is where Julie, uh, Ricky has to go out on his own. Right. Ricky has to basically because because they find a ranger inside the hut. Oh, inside the next Different hut. one.
0: Yeah. So it's the next hut. They basically get away from the three hunters. They go mm-hmm. to the next hut after some more bonding and funny stuff happens. Yeah. And they find a ranger in there that's basically dying. You don't really know I why he's having a diabetic. He shock. is, but you don't know it at the time. Yeah. And so they send Ricky to go get help. So then Sam Neil has to stay there. Ricky goes out and uh, as he's going, it's like a two hour walk, but he runs into a uh, girl on a horse that he instantly has movie fall in love with moments. Uh, and they go back. This is a funny moment too. They go back to her house. She feeds him a a sausage and her dad, (laughs) her dad comes home and, uh, and just doesn't give a shit about it, but he like really, cause Ricky's now famous. So he wants to get a selfie with oh, Ricky and he takes I, like 30 selfies.
1: Could I get a selfie bro? Yeah. 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 Uh,
0: it's and, not a
1: selfie if you take it, Dick.
0: Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> they, then, uh, they, you know, radio for help from there or whatever. And then, uh, what happens is Ricky oversleeps when he stays there the night and he wanted to go back and and warn his uncle that the police were coming, but he missed it. When he gets there, they're already there helping the ranger out, etc. But now Sam Neill is gone. So now Ricky's kind of Ricky and Tupac, of course, are on their own.
1: Yeah. Um, and the police are now much more involved because the helicopters arrive. Um, they have an investigator from the police now is going to he's going to use a stingray. A stung, stung ray. which is a device that basically lets uh, cell phones like latch on. I, I loved be I thing. loved Paula's line. That's some real five eyes shit. Which uh, New Zealand was embroiled in the Edward Snowden uh, debacle by being part of uh, what was known as the Five Eyes of espionage. Ooh. Um, and it's kind of an in joke about like New Zealand's inept. Well. I guess somewhat ineptitude in being a spying agency, but, uh, you know, it's, an in, again, an in-joke that I thought was kind of funny. I
0: did not get that one, so yeah. all right. Um, so, yeah, so then it just sort of leads into, uh, they eventually fight each other again, but something I'll talk about, we've been praising this movie over and over and over again, I'm going to say something I didn't like. Oof. Not particularly Oof. at this moment, but uh, just Oof. sort of overall, and again, it's a stylistic choice, and I, I... Well, always appreciate people trying a thing, but it just wasn't my cup of tea, was during some of the montages, particularly when characters were alone, they did this sort of long either spinning or or panning shot. Where
1: you would see them in different times. Where you'd see times. them
0: in different times, like going, like it would be Ricky, if it's moving to the left, you'd see him over here, but before it finishes moving, it, he's over here walking a different direction. It was neat, and I liked it. There was actually... I liked it one time and then the second time I was like, oh, this is going to be a reoccurring thing. And then they did like three or four more times. And then there was only one that I thought was really justified was when everyone was hunting for Ricky and it covered. So it showed Ricky in different spots. And then it went back to the same spots with different people looking
1: for Ricky there. Like if they had just done that once, I would have really enjoyed it. I I didn't mind that. That technique, I, I can see it, it does sort of stand out a little it bit. It cheapened it for me. Yeah. It,
0: it, it just I, slightly. I mean, again, it's not a it fucking deal breaker.
1: No, it's not a deal breaker. It doesn't quite feel organic to to the way the rest of the film is structured out. Um, right. But the, in the same vein, there's another thing that I kind of, again, I, it's something I just want to call out because I, you know, like that's what we do. But it didn't, like, it, it's not a deal breaker for me. But the one thing that kind of did kind of like, just kind of, I was like, oh, I wish this could have been done a little bit more either bitter or more interesting, right. was the 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 drone shots of New Zealand, you know, the kind of panoramas of the bush, which are beautiful. Don't get me wrong. They're beautifully done. They're beautiful. You know, they, they look stunning. Sure. Uh, and they give you a sense of the world. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I kind of by the fifth time that they did it, I was kind of How? like, oh, I wish we could do something different with these. Like kind of like what it felt like to me. Was that they had a day of drone shooting and they kind of just interspersed it within, you know, throughout the film. Yep. Um. Another, you know, like there's a film, uh, a La Von Trier film, Breaking the Waves, which has these like beautiful time lapses in between scenes, and they and they're sort of designed to really punctuate the beginning and end of a scene. Sure. Um. Which I think is a kind of an example of where that sort of technique could be done more interestingly. It just it felt, you know, what it is is. That kind of aerial photography, which we've seen in Lord of the Rings, you know to kind of give a sense of the world stuff, feels generic whereas the film doesn't feel generic, so it's sure. kind of it's kind of like it it listens the yep i can see what's that. great about the film you know um so that's i mean it's a it's a slight niggle yeah. there, there's a third po- a slight what a slight niggle what is that like a niggle like a you know something something wobbly. Uh, is that a New Zealand thing, too? It might be a New Zealand thing. It might just be a word about. that I've just made up. Oh, okay. Um, but the the other one was when they used Nina Simone Cineman in the middle for a montage. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of like, oh, I wish they just stuck with the New Zealand specifically scored. You know, like, uh, the person who did the... One of the people that did the soundtrack is uh, Luca Buda, who's from uh, the Phoenix Foundation. Great New Zealand band. And it was like... I, no ties. No ties to me. Um, I liked how... Specific that material was to the film, and when they dropped in Nina Simone's CineMan, I kind of felt like uh music, Here's the thing: music I, montage. I
0: liked I liked all the music in this movie, and I I appreciated that a lot of it was New Zealand music. But I also think that like part of Ricky's character—I mean, he named his dog Tupac for yeah, Christ's yeah. sake. Like, but uh, there was no rap montage. No, 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 no. no hip hop montage. But what I'm saying is like his character was sort of you know a young kid that proprietates to to, appropriate appropriates. appropriates. Thank you. Um, like American culture a little bit, but like it will, or maybe even more. So I don't know, just uh, there was, there was other, he had other influences. Sure. Sure. So I think that's fine to sprinkle in some of the music from other places
1: because it, it it was appropriate for the character. No, I, 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 I could see it from that point of view. I just felt like the movie did, such a good job at the beginning, setting up this sort of unusual orchestral sure. kind of feel. I got you. And then they, you know, and then they would do like, they would do things like the mother sings the song, Ricky Baker. Now it's your birthday. Yeah. You know, And she's yep. singing the song. And then later in the film, uh, there's like a, 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 a callback a, a, f- a big score, vir- you know, a big yeah. orchestral version of that song. And I'm like, you know, that's kind of cool where they're using the music sure. to tell story. And so when they, when they throw it again, not a big deal breaker. No, the use of cinnamon is breaking it. Yeah, the the use of cinnamon is entirely appropriate, uh, and is you know it's a great song to cut to. But the thing that it reminds me of is the Thomas Crown affair. You know, which which <laughs> used that film, which used that song so well. Um, and maybe I'm one of, you know, a hundred people that would notice. Sure. that, you know.
0: So so as the film moves on, uh, the first first sad moment happens. First big well, second sad moment, really, because the death of the of the of the mother, Uh, they run into a giant boar. Yeah. And Uh, and uh, basically the dogs that they, uh, you know, travel with ran at the boar and get one uh, Zed Zig
1: Zag Zag (laughs) Zag zag. uh,
0: gets gets marred. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they finally take down the board. Ricky saves uncle um, with a very good
1: shot. Great hit shot.
0: And they set up. And here's the other thing, too. Like, that's the sort of thing that might bug me in a movie that he actually takes down the board that way. But they have it. They set but it up. He's also been trained and he was a crack shot from the beginning. Like they set up his ability to do this. Mm-hmm.
1: So I appreciate that from just a sort of character development standpoint. It's yeah, um, um, well, there's one point at the end that I'll talk about it, it just remind me yeah. in the same vein of what you just said. So so
0: um and it sucks because so they have to put down uh have to put down Zag, Zag uh because he's not going to make it. Uh and that sort of starts a rift between Uncle I think and No, no, it brings
1: it brings them closer Does together. It? Oh, yeah. that's
0: right. Sorry. I I keep cuz it kind of fluctuates throughout the thing. But it turns out that like Ricky even took uh uh, the that ashes, was, Bella's ashes, with yeah. him because she said that she wanted to go back to a place that sort of uh, is a There's specific a, pond.
1: A, now I'm gonna butcher the name of it, but it was uh, I think it was Ma- Makutikikapu. Uh, no, I'm, not, I'm not gonna say, it, but it's the land, it's the the ocean where the sky meets the water or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Even Ricky butchers it in the, yeah, in the yeah, film. Yeah. So, um, so, but, but then even Sam Neill says that she wasn't from there. She was from. She wasn't from any place. She just wanted a family, and yeah. that's why she told you that story. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of touching that they, that, that, uh, you know, Ricky brings the ashes. And now the ashes are, uh, spread amongst, uh, a, a waterfall. Yep,
0: And it's just nice because like, you really see them at, like really, really, really bond throughout this. And like, I think Sam Neill's still sort of entertaining this and still run. Well, he's running now from the police because he doesn't quite know what to do because they're going to bring him back in jail. If they catch him, like no one's going to believe him.
1: Yeah. And I lo- I love like, what are we going to do now? We're going to run. They run for like one frame, they're like, yeah, oh, maybe we don't need Just to. Just walk fast. Or walk fast. Yeah, good.
0: Um so eventually they run into uh uh Psychopath Sam. Psychopath Sam. Which which <laughs> played I played by Reese Darby.
1: Uh, who's Reese Darby? Did you watch do you Flight, know? Of the, do you Flight of the, the Concord? Do you have a personal relationship with personal this Zealand actor? No, but do you watch Flight of the Concord? I have, yeah. He plays the manager. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah he did he, look familiar, and he was in—I uh, believe he was in Jim Carrey's *The Yes Man*. Okay, he's—he's uh, you know, he's great. Uh, he's so, great. so they run into him. Uh, They—he puts him up for the night. He's basically
0: like a, a conspiracy nut that they make somewhere, like hat, like metal hats, <laughs> yes. and you know, what? Calling <laughs> on their head.
1: Have you heard of the Legion of Psycho Sam? No. Well, my name's Sam. Oh, my name's Sam. <laughs> uh,
0: and uh, due to him, sort of, they have some funny adventures sort of there, but due to him uh, making him get four bars on Ricky's cell phone, yeah. gets latched onto by that uh, five-eye by, thing, the sting, the by the Stingray. the Stingray. Yeah.
1: Um, Again, all sit up. It's like, none of this comes out of lift feel, because it's all, like... The whole world is all set right. up really well. So now, after they've been
0: staying with Psycho Sam, who has a beautiful uh, uh, suit made of a bush, yeah. uh, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> is bush. Is he Bush? Is he Bush? Is he man? man.
1: Is he Bushman? Uh, Bushman. <laughs>
0: uh The cops are alerted due to that and yeah. they all storm his place. He's, uh, Psycho Sam gives them a truck and they have their final sort of getaway.
1: Not just any truck. So this is the thing that I was like, I was alluding to earlier where it was like, this is. This is such a specific New Zealand joke. okay uh, the truck is called Crumpy and Barry the book that this film is based on is written by Barry Crump. Barry Crump was a writer in New Zealand and in New Zealand he Barry Crump also became a, a sort of a, uh, an icon and he was featured in these this long-running range of New Zealand commercials for Toyota uh, where he would r- drive this, it was it was him and Scotty, and they would ri- drive the this. Um, Scotty would say, "Oh, I've got I've got the new highlights, mate. You want to give it a shot?" And and Barry would jump jump in and take it through the worst bush, and you know yep. just as he does, and he says, "Watch it! it you better hold on, mate. It's going to get a bit bumpy up here." That those are all like lines directly lifted from this comm- and they're all refer- like they even shot the same way. Um, so that was cool. It, it, they, like in they... New Zealand again, in New Zealand, that was like brought the house down to right. have that. Um, and there was another moment earlier, actually, with uh, where Ricky uh, watches a Cadbury Flake ad. Do you guys have Flake in America? Uh, no. It's a chocolate bar, and they they used to have, have this really elaborate uh, uh, commercial for it where it was like, Only the crunchiest, flakiest chocolate Tastes like chocolate never tasted before only the crumbliest flakiest chocolate. Okay, good.
0: I'm back. Sorry. <laughs> we had a little technical glitch, and I just wanted you here to sing while he did it.
1: It's great. <laughs> so, if anyone's seen, uh, if, if for Americans, look up Barry Crump, for Americans that have seen Hunt for the Will People and didn't know what the references were, right? Look up Barry Crump Toyota Hilux commercials. And then look up Flake eighties commercials from New Zealand, and you'll get those uh, those references as well. Well, I liked it.
0: I, they kept saying the truck was indestructible because the whole is that thing, a whole thing too?
1: Yeah, and in, in the in in the advertising campaign, the trucks were indestructible. Got and, you. Yeah. Okay.
0: So they they go on this final thing, and now they have a full. Contingent, uh, or, or contingent, contingent, of, contingent of like the art of the of the police of the army. that then they drive onto a military base and then the army's on the other side yeah. uh, and they have to pull around and they try to get away. There's Something again, something again, minor thing that I didn't like. The army just sort of disappeared. No, the army didn't go after them after breaking onto
1: an army base, which I thought yeah. was weird. Yeah, this, the geography is kind of weird. Um, it remind I think it feels like it was shot in the desert road area in Noakuni, which is an area. Oh, of course, and, yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah, that's the mil- that's where the military base. Uh, gotcha. You know, you anyway. Anyway,
0: is. Uh, and then there's a moment where
1: uh, Ricky kind of uh, Thelma and Louise is it <laughs> yeah
0: for no that was a little bit weird kind of for no reason but I guess there was nowhere else to go so he was just like I'm gonna go down in a blaze of glory because we're gangsters yeah uh, and it was a very little kid thing to do the more I'm thinking about it it makes sense for the character and they crash flip the truck they both crawl out and Sam Niels is like well there's nowhere to go like we're done like this we try you know whatever this is it and then Ricky is like no like we're not it can't be it and uh, he pulls a gun on Sam Neill as he's yeah. trying to give himself up.
1: Uh, I mean, the the gist there is that, yeah, Ricky, Ricky wants this adventure to last forever. Right. And Sam Neill knows that the jig is up.
0: Realizes that it can't. Yeah. Uh, and then one of the hunters is also with the cops and he's about to. Sh- this was kind of a weird moment. He tries to shoot <laughs> Sam Neill, but then the police officer Oscar tackles Kite- him. Yeah, Oscar Kitely, yeah. And the gunshot. Uh, Startles Ricky Who then shoots Sam Neill in the butt Yeah Uh, And then That's sort of it
1: Ricky gets taken away Uh, Sam Neill goes to jail I love how Paula's like You uh, You have the right To an attorney Anything you say or do Can and will be used Against you In the court of law And the cop comes That's That's an American thing Yeah that's not really Something we say Um, Plus you're not A police officer It's more of an American thing Yeah
0: uh, uh, and then it shows the court hearings and they're going through stuff. And then it's kind of a funny montage because like even the only thing that she says is like, and then I said that I was the Terminator and he was Sarah
1: Connor. I, do, do you think that was probably the best joke in the film? Uh,
0: not the best one. It was good. It was I liked great. it a lot.
1: You're more like Sarah Connor from the first film before, before she, she could, could do shit ups. Yeah. yeah.
0: That was one that was in the trailer though. So maybe it didn't hit me as hard. Right. right, right. Uh, so then it, the, the movie also, we kind of neglected. This is also broken up into cool little fun chapters. And actually yeah. I really like that in visual storytelling a, a lot of times when it fits a story. Story, the new Uncharted and actually a lot of the Uncharted games but they have chapter names which give you like just a hint enough of what's coming where it intrigues
1: you but think, it doesn't ruin it. I think uh, Quentin Tarantino in Django and Inglourious Bustos does that too. Chapter, oh, even in The Hateful Eight yeah. I think uses chapter marks So like I like
0: it because it, it piques your interest and gives you a teaser and lets your brain be like oh, I think I know what's going to happen but then sometimes can it can subvert it.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm i I'm sort of 50-50 on it. Sure. Like sometimes I think it's done well sometimes i'm like i liked it, it here it feels it feels like an imposition on the film and
0: i even liked it because the end the really heartfelt ending was just called epilogue yeah and it's when sam Neil, a year later gets out of prison yeah. sees ricky ricky uh is now adopted by the family who we took the
1: selfie with yeah and they have just a great moment on and the he, and and Sa- yeah yeah they have a great moment and sam Neil does a haiku for ricky which was that uh me and this little fat kid went on the run. It was the best time ever. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, and th- the the thing that I wanted to mention was was when you were talking about how Ricky was a crack shot at the beginning of the film. Yeah. Um, and it was set up so that when he did, you know, when he shot the the, the boar, you know, point blank in yep. the head, um, you know, it really worked. Uh, it was the same with the haiku. The haiku is something that's established all the way throughout the film. It
0: was the way Ricky like it was taught to deal with his feelings in a yeah, way. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so when it comes back at the end, it it just it's like simple, elegant storytelling. That's that that you know, like sit it up and pay it off. Yeah, and, and it was great. Yeah. And it's those moments that make
0: films and characters emotionally viable. I shed a tear when this was happening at a happy moment, and that's super rare for me. Wow, like. It was just heartwarming because now Sam neills he has another place to live. He's gonna live with the family, he's gonna help out on the farm. Like, I don't know. It sounds sort of lame when I say it, but the way the film sets it up, it's fucking awesome. And it and it it this movie takes you on a ride that's hilarious and, and, and heartwarming and, and terrifying and sad. And it just goes the right amounts of everything. And I really just, it doesn't happen a lot. And normally something drops, someone drops the ball somewhere in the, in the story process for me, or something doesn't hit right because of this, that, or the other thing. Uh, but when the only complaints I can really put yeah, to a not- film are like, oh, I didn't like the way a montage was done or something else. I was like, yeah, the CG animals were all right. Yeah. Like,
1: But like, who gives a shit if the movie makes you feel things? I guess the only argument you could, and, and I'm not uh, making this argument. I, I just think, you know, like maybe the, if, if someone's not into this film, the reason could be is that it feels, it generally feels kind of, it could, you could say it feels slight. Like it's a small film, but I, I, I think the stakes are actually kind of there yep. and
0: I care enough. About They're emotionally them. set up for the
1: stakes that matter. Small things mean big things. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and then it is, it is kind of wrapped up in a nice bubble. It's a, it's an unabashedly heartwarming film. It's like, like and it, and, and I think that's really hard to do because that kind of thing, um, can feel disingenuous um, but they do it, it, you know, like Taika does such a good job of making it feel sincere. Like, right. they, you know, like he really does believe that these two characters should walk off in the, into the sunset yeah. together. Um, so I, you know, and when someone executes it well uh, and aims for that and hits it. Sure. You can't you can't argue with that.
0: Agreed. So I think we could safely say that we both say this movie is worth your time and money.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, if you haven't picked that up over the last hour. It's hard to see because it's like in New York, it would it played. I think it's playing the Angelica, Angelica which is a theater. The Angelica? And Angelica. Angelica. Sure. You know, Tomato Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is... I hate to say because they play really good movies, but it's it's a really uncomfortable theater. Well, to it's because you hear the subway nine thousand times. Yeah, you it's three leagues under the sea. And I think it's one of those theaters that still has like poles. In See the it moon. at the BAM. See it at the BAM. The, the Bam, BAM Rose is great. The BAM Rose is a very nice theater. Um, but it's the only other theater in New York. I'm sure it's playing uh, in other cities.
0: Yeah, as well, and I, I do feel like this is going to be a film that has a big life on on demand if it hits Netflix or even even Blu-ray or physical media because this is a film that I would unabashedly recommend to nearly anyone. In fact, anyone. I'll say that straight up. Anyone that I would Whoa. care Does
1: this get the two thumbs up for yeah, anyone? that I would
0: care to recommend a film for. Right. You know what I mean? Like not it's some good, person I a hate. Really it's good. just it hits every mark for people that would like action or comedy or drama. Like it's all there. Yeah. And the characters are great. So that's my unabashed sort of just pitch for it is you can you can totally go and enjoy this from any walk of life.
1: And the, and the other thing is is that I, you know, in the theater, I think people were genuinely having a good time, even in America, in New Zealand, you know, like it's, you know, it's, you know, like preaching to the choir.
0: But it's just interesting because I feel like this, this film can totally like last week's film Swiss Army Man, you, you know, that's a specific type of person I would recommend the film to. This This, is like just universal. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. So, uh, yeah, guys, this has been the only podcast about hunt for the wilder people which is what Ricky names them, by the way. That's why it's called that, because they have a thing about wildebeests, yeah. and so he calls them the wildebeest people, and people are like, huh? <laughs> um, Shaheer, where can folks find you when you're not
1: exploring the New Zealand bush? Hashtag not a porno. Um, <laughs> you can find me at www.shaheerdowd.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D. You can reach out uh, on my Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, all that stuff is there. Um You can reach out to us at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. That is right. Please do. Please do. We love uh, hearing from you. We have a backlog of of film recommendations that people want us to check out. I think we have four or five films there right now. Right. Uh, which we will get to whenever we can. I know. Um, if we have missed, we've jumped over a couple because some were harder to do. There's one film in particular we were uh, we both looked at and were like, okay, we will do this but it's going to take us a little bit of but time. But you won't like it. <laughs> um, and that film. Don't say it. Don't say don't say the name. Leave it. Leave it. Leave it. We will get Spoiler to it. Lit. It was nominated for an Oscar, and we're I don't I don't think either of us a fan. Okay, so <laughs> yes,
0: uh, and you can find me when I'm not <laughs> shitting on requests uh, at Matthew Kroll dot com. Also Skeletor the number four p r e z on Instagram and Pokemon Go. By the way,
1: oh my and, god, are you doing that? Uh, oh yeah, this weekend, dude. I got a Jigglypuff
0: today, man. I'm fucking psyched. Uh, and also uh, Emperor know. MSK on Twitter. Also, I handle the Facebook. Facebook stuff for the only podcast about movies. I think something else I want to try to will come up in the coming weeks is put up some polls for films that like upcoming new films that people would like us to, to see, uh, you know, not, not only giving us requests on all those forums, uh, and the iTunes reviews as well, obviously help. Please keep those coming. Uh, but just you know, like, just re- like maybe like four films on there that could be like, what do you want us to do next week? And see how it goes.
1: Um, on a, on a slightly different note, I, before we go out, I want to say one thing. It's kind of like, a, uh, uh, a memorandum from the only movie, only podcast about movies. Okay. Uh, I haven't told Matt about this, but, but, um, what, <laughs> what happened this week as part of my job is I got to meet and do a long interview with a director of a film that we've reviewed on this site, what? Uh, on this, uh, on our podcast. Which one? Green Room. So okay. I, got meet, I got to meet Jeremy Solney. That's awesome. Uh, and he was absolutely lovely. Um, really, really fantastic guy. Um, we were talking about something else, so unrelated to Green Room. But I did I, I went back and listened to our review of Green Room. Sure. Um, and I, you know, and obviously it's it's that awkward moment where suddenly you've said negative things about someone's <clears throat> film and then you meet them. Now, I'm not gonna I'm not saying we should ever retract anything we say, but no. I, but one thing I kind of wanted to want to point out, and I think it should be a good reminder for you and I as well, is that Anything we say on this podcast, we will we will happily say to a director or a person if we meet them, yes. if they're willing to come on. And I and I hope that one of the things is, is that we're honest about our opinions. So we don't uh, you know, if someone comes on the show and we don't like a certain thing about their film, uh, we would say that to them. But 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 again, prefacing all of that, I think the thing that I was kind of reminded of when you finally meet someone whose film you've been talking and thinking about for a while right. is that. Without doubt, you and I both love films, and we love filmmakers, and anyone who makes a film has our utmost respect, even if we don't like that movie. Oh, 100%. You know, and Because
0: I, because at the end of the day, and I believe this entirely, they're making movies, we're talking about the shit they make. Exactly. Like, th- there is a tier system, and we are lower. Oh, much
1: far lower. And so. I,
0: I mean, that's almost half the reason why I do feel comfortable enough to give my honest
1: opinion. yeah, yeah, and I, and I want us to continue to do that. I, there's no way, but it was just that, oh yeah, we you know, and I was And like, there're people yeah they're pe- <laughs> they're people, and I was like, listen and then I went back and listened to the review and I was like, would i would I say this to this person directly? And I think, yes, I would, and yes, we should, and that's what we're about and we and and we and we do it because we love the fact that these people make films that we get to watch and talk about yeah and that's that's part They're doing of doing the, the
0: dream we like doing like yeah, it's exactly. just yeah
1: so so we love movies we love talking about movies we love watching movies so please tell us movies to watch because we have no fucking and idea. we
0: we also love being the only podcast about them and I mean, we love you guys for listening give me a traditional new zealand goodbye
1: uh it, oh it's not Kyoto. See, I'm terrible. It's it's the- No personal stake I in it- this movie. The worst New Zealand person I know. Oh, yeah, I am. I am the worst New Zealand <laughs> person. <laughs> Fuck!
0: Bye! New Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye.